Tigers, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, we are joined by pop artist Danny Christina. So we talk about the story that Danny has been building with her string of singles here in 2021 with songs alike gambler and her latest track one night stand both of these songs we're diving into here today the growth from danny's 2020 ep ara into this new era and of course danny actually also directed both of the music videos for each of these tracks so we're also going to dive into the music video for Gambler. We're going to dive into the music video for One Night Stand. We're going to talk to Danny about what it has been like to team with Grammy-nominated producer Trevor James Anderson. We are going to talk about where does the rest of this story lead us to as well. So much to talk about. And we're going to be diving into it right away, but not before we tell you who the show's brought to you by, and that is Desert Tiger. Merch.com, where you go to cop yourself something and to represent and support the show. And the best part about it is, is just heading on over to the web store. Hey, it's a free. And if you see something that catches your eye or attention from there, you know what to do. And with that, it's about time that Danny Christina told us about the story of the gambler and the one night stand here on the DTP. So let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hi. Hello, Danny. How's it going? Good. How are you? Ah, doing fantastic. Having a good morning. Zoom was kind of being a little bit uh, cranky this morning, but we got her figured out. We're here. We're good to go. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. And we're here to talk a little bit about your journey here in the musical world. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to jump on in? Yeah, of course. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, of course, we're here today to talk about a couple of new singles, a new little bit of a story that you're building. But, of course, I want to build a small piece of foundation for the listener here. So, your first debut EP, I guess debut and first being the same thing, but your debut EP, Aura, came out in 2020. It garnered you a few awards and otherwise. So, what was it sort of? like to uh release that first piece of yourself and then coming out of that moment there yeah that was definitely very stressful for me as a musician obviously like I had this like one first EP you don't get a first one again right so I really wanted to make sure that it kind of covered the broad scope of who I am as an artist musician just as a person in general Um, So for me, the hardest part was picking the songs. Um, I'm a pretty prolific songwriter. I write all the time. And that's not even just like a compliment to myself or me making myself sound good. It's just kind of something I do to cope with emotions and cope with the world. So I had to pick a song and like for this EP, that was going to be the first one. And I had to make a track list. So for me, that was definitely the most stressful part. But in the end, I really wanted to make sure that I picked songs that kind of showed all the different versions of me and the different things that I do as an artist. Mm-hmm. Well, as you say, it's your first one. It's your first representation. It's sort of that first impression. So you want to make sure that you're representing yourself well. And from my research, I see that you wrote, you've written like 
hundreds of hundreds of songs. So to pick, all right, which one of my children do I love the most, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. It was pretty hard, but we did it. You did it. So after the stress of putting it together, once it was finally out, a little bit of relief then? Yeah, for sure. It was so fun. I had a little mini um, release party with my parents and my sister at home because it was COVID. Um, so I had a little party for myself and it was just a good way to just kind of listen to the music as a listener rather than scrutinizing every little bit as artists do. Mm-hmm. Well, we can tend to be our own worst enemy, right? And we can we overthink everything all the time and we sometimes in overthinking we don't think about the listener's perspective it's true i know we can get a little bit caught up in our own kind of creativity so it's, it's always nice to have like different opinions to bounce songs off of mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so um of course you mentioned that your debut ep released under a time that's not exactly ideal covid because yeah you can't really tour the album like it sort of limits some different factors of things. And then, of course, trying to move out of that. So you couldn't really do a tour cycle or otherwise. So moving forward from that moment, what was sort of the move? <laughs> Good question. I was kind of trying to gauge what would happen next in the world, which obviously no one knew what was going to happen. Um, so I just kind of really wanted to take these songs and see how everyone was feeling about them and just kind of create a music video for another one of them because I'm really big on videos. So I ended up releasing one for Drift Away that I recorded during COVID. Things were a little bit, you know, better back then, but it was still kind of a scary thing. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to kind of continue creating music because I got such a thrill from being in the studio and just kind of bringing these songs to life off of my like piano demos that I recorded at home. So then I kind of decided like, what's next for me as an artist? Like what song do I want to record next? And Honestly, just a few months after, I was already back working with my producer, recording. So I, I was kind of like, I jumped right back into it because I had so much fun creating the music that I just felt like I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned being able to work with your producer, who happens to be a Grammy-nominated Trevor James Anderson. So how did you end up getting hooked up there in the studio with Trevor? And what has he sort of helped to unlock within your music? Yeah. So actually me and Trevor met very kind of, I always think it's kind of like funny and by chance, kind of almost like fate, how we met. Um, I was looking where to record my first song um, and I fell in love with Noble Street Studios in Toronto. And so they paired me up with a mix engineer when I was there because I had helped produce my first song with my sister. Um, And so we got in the studio and there was Trevor sitting being my mix engineer. Um, And so we worked on the song and we really kind of got along. There was a really good chemistry in the studio. We were like joking around. It was fun. He really understood me as an artist. Um, And then he kind of went on to be like, hey, like if you're working on the rest of your EP, do you want to work with me? And I was like, absolutely. So um, we decided just kind of getting connected that way. Uh, But even moving forward, he's become really key in understanding my music. Like he really understands what I'm trying to achieve with every song. He gets the overall vision. And I think that's very useful for a producer. He understands the message and he understands my influences. And so the final product can become more of an authentic representation of who I am as an artist. And yeah, I just think he really gets me. Absolutely. And it's always that just having that refined set of ears where, like you said, it's important that they also understand you as an artist and know what you're trying to achieve because they can sort of, once again, hear it from a different perspective and then say, okay, well, I 
I see what you're trying to do here, but like, I think that we could make that happen a different way, like through this or whatever it happens to be, right? To get that to where these songs are getting those stream numbers, getting everything else and, you know, making those, uh, that difference when they get the released. Yeah, exactly. He has so much experience. So that's definitely helpful. And just like throwing ideas that I wouldn't have thought of before. Like I said, the different opinions really, really make the final product. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So let's dive into some of the more recent content here because you've released two singles so far in 2021. I'd like to dive into the first one to get started here with Gambler. So take us a little bit behind this energy, the vibe you were trying to capture with it. Yeah. So the vibe, actually, it's funny. The first time I wrote Gambler, it was this like very slow piano ballad. Um, So hearing the final product is super upbeat, hype. But I think that captures the energy and the emotion of the song way better, which again, thank you to Trevor. He did that. Um, So it's a song, obviously, about like taking a relationship and imagining it as a casino. But um, what kind of helped shape the song for me is I even told Trevor this when I first showed him the song was I imagined this one scene of just like money falling on me. And that's what inspired like everything from there on. I was like, I just feel like money falling in slow motion would be the coolest thing. So, um, yeah, so this piano ballad that I was inspired by, you know, the casino, which I hadn't been to a casino until like literally last weekend. (laughs) So I was like making it up in my head. Um, That was all brought apart by this imagery. So I really wanted to play on this imagery. And then eventually that translated sonically through Trevor's production. And then it became this kind of breakup song, but also kind of like an upbeat breakup song, which I think is pretty cool. Yes, definitely, because it's a, a breakup itself. It doesn't always have to be down. I mean, yeah. both people can come out sometimes. It doesn't have to be forever. Sometimes we help each other grow and then we grow apart, which is perfectly acceptable, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And you mentioned earlier here uh, your love of the visual world. And you actually happen to be the director, the uh, uh, creative eye here behind the music video for this track as well. So what was it like to sort of take this track? And like you said, you had the vision of money following on you. So what was it like to build the actual visual world? It was so fun. I honestly, I spent hours just like sitting at my table picking like what scenes I want, what kind of outfits I want. And like, I, because I was so invested in the visuals, especially for this song. And because they were in my head from literally the moment I sat down at the piano. Um, it was really easy for me also. Like I knew exactly like what table I wanted. I knew exactly who I wanted in the background, what they were wearing, like what colors I wanted in the music video. And because I do have a really big appreciation for film and cinematography and direction, all that stuff, it was kind of a learning experience for me as well. So it was the first one I self-directed since like my old YouTube days. Um, but it was, it was fun. I had so much fun and I thought that, you know, looking at all those vision boards and those Pinterest boards was like something that really helped me kind of get a better understanding of how the song should feel sonically as well, which I was doing at the same time as I was planning the music video. Oh, wow. So sort of doing them, it is exactly the same time, whereas some people would do the song first and then maybe like a little ways down the way or when you get closer to release, okay, we need to get a video together where like you're literally building both of them at the exact same time. Yeah. And that's what I think helped a lot just to make them cohesive. So I really wanted the video to look like the song sounded, if that makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. And I can definitely uh, pick the vibe up inside of that video there. So I think you definitely did a great job of capturing it. Thank you. Yeah, I I had fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's important, right? All right. 
So, and then that brings us to the more recent song. Also a little bit more of a uh, relationship, a love vibe, but in a different way with One Night Stand. Of course, most of us know what the concept or the idea of a One Night Stand is, but the song itself sort of captures it from a little bit of a different perspective from the normal way that most people would think about it. So take us behind this. Yeah, so One Night Stand uh, actually is the only song out of these that I wrote during COVID. Um, so all of these I wrote like that I've ever written that have been released have all been obviously pre-COVID. Um, so One Night Stand I wrote during COVID about potentially, you know, like the feeling of having a relationship or something happen to you and then it being cut short because, you know, borders are closing, you can't go anywhere, you're at home. Um, how does that feel like? You're kind of stuck with this what if feeling. So let's say you had this one night stand and then what next, right? You you can't see anyone. You're at home. Potentially, maybe this relationship would have blossomed into something else. But when you're sitting at home and just kind of going over everything, you're thinking like, oh, remember when this happened? What if this had happened after that? So there's a lot of questioning and a lot of kind of nostalgia that I also touch upon in Gambler that I wanted to bring into this song and just kind of tell the story of Gambler and move it into it could be, you know, something different, a different perspective on the same relationship. Interesting. Interesting. And I like I like that part, like inside the song where like you even touch on where it's like, I'm sitting here alone, but like we could be sitting here alone together, but for some reason we can't. And it's like, it's frustrating. And like you even reference Netflix in there where it's like, we should be, we should just like be falling asleep watching Friends, you know, like, why is it so difficult? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I really wanted to play upon kind of, I think, what was a familiar sentiment, I think, for at least quite a few people that even I know, of just like not being able to see someone that you'd want to see and just seeing the relationship like fall apart in front of your eyes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. You also had a little bit of a hand, well, not just a little bit, once again, the director behind the visual piece of this world. So how did you go about building the visual piece did you once again build them at the exact same time or how did this one come together this one was a little bit kind of more self-explanatory when it comes to the visuals um i really wanted to take on the visuals after doing gambler because i had so much fun and i really wanted to do it so i just kind of threw myself into it um but because it's called one night stand i mean we all kind of imagine what would be in the video for that so that kind of came about a little bit more easier than gambler did um, and so I found this beautiful location that a friend of mine owns in Brampton, Ontario. It's called the Ruby Manor. It's this historic home that she transformed into this photo space. And when I first went in there, I was in there for a photo shoot. I saw the sunlight coming through the windows and like all the like kind of old windows and the cool doors and the furniture. And I was like, this is where the music video needs to take place. It just looked like One Night Stand sounded, which again is very important to me. Um, so yeah, I decided to go in there. I knew that I wanted to incorporate cloud imagery because clouds are like my favorite thing ever. Um, but also I wanted to use clouds to show this kind of like cloud nine idea. So there's a uh, light up clouds. I'm laying on clouds and that's supposed to be like, you know, the positive, like the experience of the one night stand the experience of what could have been. And then there's obviously like the shots and like a dress shirt and the, like, just like wine glasses on the floor. And that's kind of showing like, oh, actually, this is reality. You can't always live in the clouds. This is real life. Um, and it's obviously everything's empty. No one's there. So it really kind of emphasizes that loneliness as well. Hmm. Capturing that whole idea of like, the idea of dreaming, wanting people to be there, it could be real, but is it real and sort of a few different thoughts and ideas going on inside of there. I really like the uh, imagery that you brought into this. 
Yeah, it was fun. I, I love I love visuals. Visuals are like very important to me as an artist. <laughs> well, it is a completely other different part of the game, and some people maybe don't put as much of a thought into it. But music videos used to be like a major piece of the industry, and like still a lot of people love watching them. It's still like an important part, a big key of things maybe not like in the same way but still very important in helping people to understand to grow a relationship with the song exactly yeah i think it's i think it helps definitely for people who have listened to the song to see themselves in the song at the same time like you're seeing it all unfold before your eyes and you're taking your preconceptions of listening to the song paired with what the artist is presenting you in a music video and then you kind of draw your own conclusions and i kind of like that Mm-hmm. Same here. Same here. All right. So you mentioned that there's sort of a little bit of connection trying to carry like themes and energy between at least these two songs. So yeah. is there a little bit of a larger arcing story? Is there a sophomore album coming our way? What does the future hold here for uh, Danny Christina? Well, I definitely have a lot of new music coming out, but in terms of the story, it's actually going to close up on us, this trilogy of songs, on August 20th. Um, I'm kind of keeping it under wraps because for me, this last song was, this last song was done first, if that makes sense. So it's, I'm telling the story in a way that I think is most effective. And I had the album art and everything done for this song way in advance, but I've been holding on to it for a time that I think would tell it the best. So the last song is called Habit. It's coming out on August 20th. Um, and it's kind of, this song about forgetting that you were even that into someone. It's about waking up and ha- finally having that closure that you were like crying about for like months. You know what I mean? Um, you suddenly like wake up and you're like, hey, I haven't thought about this person in forever. And it's just this idea of like, are my feelings real? Were they ever real? Like everything is kind of jumbled in my head, but you're no longer hurting. And that's kind of how the story ends. Ooh, okay. So some healing energy coming our way. Yeah. Ooh, all right. All right. And. You mentioned that this one was wrote first, and sometimes great storytellers say that that's the way to do it. You build the end, and then how do we get there, right? Yeah. So I, I really like this song. Um, it's it's a fun one for me, and I just think I like the idea that I came up with when I wrote it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can tie so many things to this, and then I'm just really excited about it. Awesome. Well, August 20th, I believe you said it's going to be dropping for the fans so, so very soon for this trilogy. And it sounds like there's more coming our way as well. So lots of exciting things for people to uh, go and check out. And they should definitely follow you to do exactly that. They should. Yeah. Check me out on all literally all social media platforms. I'm everywhere. I love social media. All right, I'll have some tags down in the descriptions for both the audio and the video for anyone who wants to do that. I've got one last question, Danny. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right, we've talked about your growth as an artist from releasing your debut EP, facing some of those fears, those stresses, getting through that, building yourself as an artist, telling creative stories, not just through song, but also through video and otherwise into this a new trilogy here. And now what I would like to know is, through this time, how has this process helped you grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? Good question. Um, I think I have grown immensely, actually, especially releasing all of these songs. Um, like I said earlier, music for me is making sense of the world. So 
if something happens to me, I write a song about it. If I'm frustrated because I had a hard day at work, I write a song about it. So, and it's not necessarily always something that comes out, but it's funny because some of these songs that have been released, especially like Gambler, When I Stay Into Habit, that's coming out. Um, those are all songs that I wrote not thinking I would ever release them because they were really like kind of personal. Like I, it was me just making sense of things, right? So for me, it's been very liberating to have them out and have people understand this other side of me. I've become kind of okay with sharing personal stories, sharing who I am through music and kind of letting people make judgments. Obviously, like, you know, if someone doesn't like the song, that kind of hurts me, but the positive feedback really, really helps. Um, So for me, it's been a really great experience to be able to feel more open through the music I write and not necessarily limit myself to telling stories about other people only. Um, Because I like kind of mixing my own personal experiences with other people, but I've been trying to really like create more raw and authentic songs, whether it's a story about me or it's a story about somebody else. I just really feel like um, I've gotten okay with telling stories that are different than I would tell before. And also my writing style has changed during um, this whole pandemic as well. I've become way more open to listening to stories, which inspire me to write my own stories as well. So definitely opening up a little bit more, maybe veiling things a little bit less. So I definitely like that. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing this lesson as well as the tale of this journey from Aura into this new trilogy here with us today on the DTP. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice chatting with you. Oh, Ambush, I want to thank you for tuning on into this interview with Danny Christina. And you can find both of Danny's 2021 tracks with Gambler and a one-night stand over on your favorite music streaming service. You can find the incredible music videos directed by Danny herself over on her YouTube. And you also want to stay up to date with when Danny releases new music, right? Continues to build this story, so you might as well subscribe to that YouTube. Follow that favorite music streaming service page. Might as well head on over to your social media pages as well. Follow Danny there too, so you can stay in the loop. And with that, it's time to thank Vocab Communications for setting this interview up. We need to thank German from yourpodcasteditor.com for making everything sound oh so good. We need to thank you once again, The Ambush, for tuning on into this episode. If you've yet to join up with The Am, what are you doing? Because it's as easy as hitting that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. You can also help this show grow by sharing this episode, by giving us a five-star review, by heading on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to copy yourself something to represent and support the show. And the best part about it is checking out the web store is free. And then if you see something that catches your eye or attention from there, you know what to do. Yes, yes, and with that, it's about time that we say our bye-byes, but not before I tell you. Go out and find your roar, and then let it out into the world. And with that, bye-bye, Am. The Desert Tiger Podcast.